Hush Poppin' Baby. This is the new classic of professional wrestling, Billy Dixon. And you are listening to the Big Gold Belt Podcast. And if you're not, you're a crazy sucker. What's up, folks? Finally, the time has arrived, and I've been so excited for this. And I got a lot to talk about how much we have to catch up and to get to this point right now tonight. And it's been long overdue. And having this special guest, it's been long overdue since us having an interview of this such. And I'm just so excited to do so. So let me formally introduce the new classic, the inaugural and current Fight Club Pro Wrestling Chocolate City Champion, Billy Dixon. What's going on? What's poppin', baby? Now, first of all, I'm going to need you to come up off that shirt. I'm going to need all parts of that. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm going to need, right I'm need all parts of that. <laughs> you already know. You already know. I rap for my, for my generation of 1990s. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So, like, I was telling the crew, then I was like, you know what? I'll just save it for the show. I so the last time I seen you, and we'll we'll play a little history, a little catch up history game. I you said you came up to me, and you know we was chatting. You was like, "Hey, I'm a fan of your show. I like the hard, I like all your hard work. I, I, I you, we got to do an interview." And I said to you, I said, "I promise you will be the next interview that we do." And we have not had an interview since 2019. Google Hangouts definitely fell off ship somewhere, and we were just we were like, we need. A respectable replacement. Skype is not good quality. We were not going to go that route. We were not going to waste anybody's time and put out trash, you know, content. So, you know, like I said, since then, this it all led to this point, and not even just that too, because we'll 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 get to even that point. First time I seen you, single swim, Nova Pro, two thousand eighteen. Next month, back at um, back at uh the Old Dominion Rumble. And fast forward to that, in 2019, me and Will, we had um, our interview with Primetime Pro Wrestling uh, with Gator and Lolo, uh, which was an amazing interview. And it was just the energy that we needed back in the city after, you know, other promotions obviously sank. But uh, that's the right word. <laughs> Nonetheless, I would the one thing that I don't know if it was during the interview or if it was because we really we hung out for about four or five hours. We was there like all day. But the one thing that really stuck out to me um came from uh Lolo and Gator. They said that they adamantly wanted Billy Dixon on their shows. Not show, shows. They said Billy Dixon is going to be a staple in this promotion, and that's who we want in here. And I know you couldn't make some of the first shows uh, because of other bookings and stuff, but they knew once you came in, you were not leaving. So going back to when we talked at the last show, 
say you wanted to do an interview. So we were doing in-person interviews, but I, I talked to Will, I was like, oh no, we can't do a 10, 15 minute runoff with him because we got a lot to talk about and we like to you know, create the platform so we can talk extensively as we can about you to make sure our audience, our fan base and our whole town know who you are. And nonetheless, here we are, finally getting things going. And like I said, since you have arrived, since you have arrived, <laughs> you have conquered. You have you have, you you've laid your print everywhere, and it's it's really powerful. You have a you have an amazing story and testimony, and I just can't wait to really tap into um, some of that. But I I have to say before we get started with everything that's happening right now in the world, um, just a really simple question: like, how are you doing? and How are you feeling? Uh. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I uh, appreciate you providing a platform for myself. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a bittersweet feeling. Um, I am as pissed off as I am proud to be black. Um, uh, you know, my story might be different than other people's, you know what I'm saying? Um, just short and short and sweet. I come from generations of strong uh, black people, and my grandmother, you marching for the rights that I enjoy today, and uh, it's a very personal thing because, like, all of my life, like the activism behind the community has played a role in so many things I've done. So right now, you know, I'm happy that I think people are realizing that, like. To quote honorary brother Owen Hart, like enough is enough. It's time for a change. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And, and, and at the same time, it's just like it, it's frustrating to see people use this time to try to like get themselves over as heel characters. Like that's just so stupid. And like uh, people who are in denial or people who who don't think that there is a uh, problem. Um, so it's frustrating. But I'm really I'm, I'm, it's day by day, case by case, but I'm alive and that has become a privilege instead of a right at this point. So I wake up and if I can look at my ceiling and that the dogs, it's a good day. Amen to that. Amen. Yeah, you've you've uh, you've been, you know, very vocal, whether it's Pride Month and your activism um, on the Black Lives Matter protest, um, you've been anything less than humble on this and that is well appreciated and well needed because um you know we we, we talked a little bit on our on our last show but uh silence is ignorance and no like you said we're everybody's tired of it at this point enough is enough and well said and well quoted <laughs> that um but yeah let's 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 get like i said let's get the fans acclimated with you just a little bit just anybody who just been under a rock which is sad and anybody's listening to us which is sad because you know we always make sure we put on our home base and and, ta- and shows and talent so um <laughs> but let's 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 go back to new york just a little bit now damien definitely will step up here because uh there's a little bit of a connection going on here right so as a native New Yorker, there's not a lot of people because I live in Dallas now who I can actually connect to as a native New Yorker and be like, I, right, you know, exactly what it's like. So, you know, I grew up, you know, the, the South Bronx, uh, East Harlem. Uh, so I know I saw that you yourself, you know, the 718, you know, rep in the Bronx. So I, I was curious, you know, as a as a queer black man growing up in the Bronx or living in the Bronx, 
you know, the dynamic shifts for you. How did you deal yourself with living in that environment where we're bred to just be tough? And I know you mentioned your grandma, but we're a program to just be tough. Don't show emotion, yada, yada, yada. And yet here you are being as awesome as you are, knowing that you rep the Bronx, you know, on your trunks, essentially on your tights and just being who you are and confident in that skill. Um, honestly, I wish I had like a really like concrete answer for that. I just feel like I was born and I'm allergic to the give a fuck gene. Um, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to be me regardless. Feel me? Like, I've been through a lot. So growing up in the South Bronx, you know, there's racism at play. I come from the Clan My Village projects off of, you know, Webster Ave, yep. uh, you know, um, and, you know, I've seen stuff go down. Some stuff has went down with me. Um, and I think for me, it was just like, you know, I've seen people get beat up. I've seen gay people, trans people beat up. I've seen black people, old people, this person, that person, you know, where I come from. Um, and um, I think for me, I just didn't, under, I didn't recognize and didn't understand like what it's like to be in the closet. I was never in the closet. I was never, you know, I never had any of those hardships. I guess I'm privileged in that way, but um, I just, it was gonna be, it was, it's who I am, it, you know, take me or leave me, you know what I'm saying? So for me, um, yeah, I mean, like I dealt with my licks, you know, I got beat up, I've been stabbed, you know, because of being gay and this and third, you know, like it is what it is. But um, I just, I wasn't gonna be on no, no, you know, being scared of my two left feet. Now nah, that was not gonna be me. Um, and I think that even though people were homophobic or whatever, or just didn't vibe with me, I think that there was a level of respect because like he get beat up, but he keep coming back for more, you know what I mean? Or like he he doing his thing, you know? So that's just kind of just where where I think that Bronx toughness comes in. You know, it's, it's hard, like growing up, I cried and stuff, but like, you know, I, I knew there was a voice in my head saying, you're not letting them win. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And how does that translate to you now after all these years? Like, how do you process and bring that to you now in the present day? Uh, it's interesting. So it made me not more progressive. It actually made me more ignorant. Um, and I didn't realize I was as I got older. Because I think when you're like, I was the first ever queer person at the middle school and the high school I went to. Like, it was that kind of situation. Um, so there was a callousness and a hatred that developed within me of people that were in the closet. Like a very deep hatred. Um, and it wasn't until literally I met Envy Young, who like is my homie, like I love him. I call him Pony Boy because he looks like one of the greasers on the Outsiders. Um, <laughs> but, I can see that. I'm picturing him. But, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now you, now you see it, you can't get out of your head. Um, <laughs> but it was, when I met him, I'll never, I'll never forget. I met him and I met Darnell, who is the uh, producer for Uncanny. They both are producers for Uncanny. And we were in a van going to a show, Pro Wrestling Magic, and he was like, I'm bisexual, but I'm not out. And I remember going, that's a fucking joke. Like literally looking at his eyes and going, like, do you know what I've been through in the in the business and the game? So that you have like the luxury of like being in and out of being out and all that kind of stuff. And then it was like, I got to know him, 
know his story, where he coming from, this, that, and the third. And I understood, you know what I'm saying? I understood that people have their reasons and, and not everybody is gonna have this like, I'll fight every single body attitude, you know? And he doesn't come from where I come from either. So, you know, for me, Today, I am a lot more understanding. I don't like the word tolerant because I think that's a little um, pretentious, but like I'm a lot more understanding and a lot more willing to uh, listen to people that are having trouble coming out, you know, and uh, it's going to take time for them to really be able to live a life because there's so many factors that me at 14 didn't understand that I know I now know at 25, you know, there's family, there's financial, there's relationship, there's professional, you know, there's a lot of other factors that I didn't really consider growing up that now I understand why it's, it's, it's tough for some people. So, you know, that's why like, I have so much love for him because like, I'm proud that he was able to work to get himself to the point where he can be out and be proud and, you know, just live in his truth, you know, and it's better to do it sooner than later, but I understand that it takes time. Right. Understand. And you referenced, you were you referenced having you know heroes and your grandmother. Do, can you picture yourself in a world where you can be that hero for those who are like you encourage them who are in the closet to come out? Can you picture yourself being that advocate for them now that you've made this change? Um. Yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't like the words like hero, role model, this and the third. I feel like, you know, there's a responsibility becoming a public figure and all of that. Mm -hmm. um, but my message through the Billy Dixon character is just like, do you, whatever that is. I don't know what that looks like because there's seven billion motherfuckers on this thing. But like, <laughs> you know, do you live your life, whatever that looks like, as long as you're not hurting nobody, you know, and you, 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 uh, you, um, put doing something positive. Like, you know, that's what it, that's what the character does. And like, I, 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 one of the inspirations is like Spider-Man. You know, Spider-Man got his ass beat a lot, you know? Yep. Billy Dixon get his ass beat nine times out of ten. But like, um, which is him holding a championship is hilarious with his win loss record. But like, um, <laughs> you know, but like, it's, 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 I'm just like, look, like, we all are on this plane ride called life and we all get off at different points. And when your destination is up, I think it's important that you can look back and be proud of like how you've grown, how you change and what you've learned. And some people, it's gonna be a lot longer to look back on than others. But the important thing is, is that if you, if you feel that you're not being yourself, figure out the things that you need to do in order for that to happen. And that might mean a five or a 10 year plan, but do such so that you can live your best life. It's not a cliche. It's, it's some real stuff. True. Now, I'm trying to connect the dots here, Billy, because since you're from the Bronx and then you end up with such a huge presence down here in D.C. And I see on the way you ended up down in Southern Virginia to start up with wrestling. So how do you get from the Bronx down to Southern Virginia to start rolling around on the mat? All right. So I was in the ninth grade and I was out of control. I was not going to school. I was skipping school, hanging out with drag queens, smoking weed and drinking coffee. Um, uh, Living the life. Living the life. I was about to say that. Yeah. Sounds like a normal you know New York life. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like when I talk to people arrested, they're like, you did what? I'm like, no, I wasn't going to school. Like, I went to school. Like, I realized, like, okay, these are the amount of absences I have. 
how can I like do it where like it's slightly more, but they don't call um, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So like how much how much rope do I have to play with? <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm a schemer and a planner. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna go to school Monday, skip Tuesday, be there half of the day on Wednesday, stay the whole day Thursday, stay the whole day Friday. So on Friday, you know what I mean? So like I did that and it was just like for me, I was out of control and I was living real fast, like just doing some crazy, crazy stuff. I'm running the streets. Uh, I was loosely affiliated with like a gay gang at the time. Um, I was just not doing things that would ensure that I would live to be where I'm at right now. I'll put it that way. And uh, my family, uh, they, my aunt bought a house in Virginia and she wanted everybody to move with her, um, especially after my, uh, my grandmother passed. So, um, we all moved this time third, and then I wound up in Virginia, graduated high school in Virginia, went to college for a little bit. I didn't want to go to college. It wasn't my choice. Um, I was doing things to make my family happy and not me happy. Uh, so then in the middle of a test, I just, uh, I went to a, a live event and I saw Sasha Banks Russell and I was like, I, right, I'm good. And I, um, like in the middle of my test, I just gave my test back. I was like, I'm good. And then the next like week or so I looked up wrestling schools. And then I started training at uh, Hampton Road Championship Wrestling in Norfolk, which I 10 out of 10 would not recommend anyone to train at. Um, <laughs> 10 out of 10. Nah. And then that's how we get to. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, me starting wrestling. Nice. <laughs> so we know where to avoid at least. <laughs> Start out. Wait, hold on. I can't hear y'all. There All right. I don't know what was that. I don't know what was that. All right, we're good. You can hear us? Mm-hmm. There All we right, go. cool. There so we go. I, I just got to say, somebody need to be giving you credit for bringing swag down to Norfolk, Virginia. <laughs> because <laughs> they ain't never seen somebody rolling like you in that area. A <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man with class out here. Like you said, the new classic. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> somebody owe you a royalty check somewhere. Um, the one thing I want to ask real quick before we start talking about wrestling is, you know, you, you've been on the, um, you, you've been, you've been out on the streets. What is the pro what's the state of the protest out in that area? Um, so they're happening every day. Um, and, uh, it's a mixed bag. Some days it's real peaceful. Everybody's, you know, all parties are civil, and then in Virginia Beach, there was a setup where they did the whole we're on your side while they were simultaneously boxing everyone in. And then all mm-hmm. hell broke loose. Um, and there were rubber bullets and uh, uh, tear gas. Um, there was, you know, there was some issues with uh, one of the protests broke up one of the major highways and bridges, uh, which uh, that got pretty testy. And then there, there are protests right now that I didn't know about until like an hour ago that were happening at one of the Confederate uh, mo- uh, monuments in mm. Portsmouth, Virginia, which is like a 20 minute drive from here. Mm. Uh, so they're happening every day. The you know the level of a vitriol is is uh, case by case. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I've been to a few of them. Um, and if I can't go, it's usually because I have to work my job and I'm an essential employee. So it's the kind of thing where I gotta, I gotta work regardless, you know? Um, but it, 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 it's uplifting. Uh, 
it's also incredibly concerning mm. because, um, you know, I, I do feel like there is going to, you know, going to be an escalation because mm. not only are the police getting pissed off, mm. but uh, white nationalists are getting pissed off and the Ku Klux Klan is getting pissed off. Mm-hmm. And regular, you know, Betty and Joe Beer can are getting pissed off. And I think <laughs> there's going to be, you know, uh, 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 a rise in uh, some some situations happening because it's summertime, people hot, mm-hmm. and people people have been cooped in their houses for months yeah. and months and months, and a lot of things are coming to the surface, and a lot of people feel boxed in for different reasons. So I think what what we're going to witness is we're going to witness some shit go down, but I think. I think I think that the message has been made clear and I think that the changes are enacted and you know there is the the, the million man march uh coming this August in the DC area uh as well, which I will be attending. Um yep. you know, it the only thing I couldn't attend is if I had to work because I work for old folks home and yeah. you know their lives are important as well. But um yeah. so uh yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now with that. But it you know. It's dangerous, you know. When I went to the first protest, I called everybody. It was, it was. Looking back, I, I, I can understand why people were very upset with me because I called everybody and I was like, "Look, I'm gonna keep it straight with you. If I don't make it out of this thing alive, you know, like it's all love to start in the third. Mm-hmm. But these are the kind of phone calls that you have to make. Yeah, you know, it, you know and you know, it's not like a flair for the dramatics. It's, this is the reality. That you know, it t- it, it, it can be that way. I swear we can talk about that for like another 30 minutes. I've been telling people, I said, just because it's, you, it's being brought to people's attention now, <laughs> being African-American for this amount of many years, this is the life that we live at any moment yeah. that this can happen. Just thank God now you have the opportunity to say, now, if this does happen, because a lot of us, a quick job, quick trip to the mailbox, and you, just, you, know, you don't even see it coming. So I, I, I thoroughly appreciate that message. And that's that's literally the message that, you know, that needs to also circulate with it as much as we're doing on our end to get the word out there and the protests and so on, it's also citing uh, evil from unbeneath. So, you know, so that's why, you know, it's always like, like I said, ask people, how are they doing? Damien's been really adamant about that as well. It's just checking in people saying, well, how are you doing? Because it, it's a very still intense time. As much as it's prideful and and, and everybody's happy, it's, it's still, like I said, the second wave of the pandemic that's always been here the entire time is, is coming. So, yeah, um, I mean, there's a couple there's a couple things, you know, if somebody's watching that I would implore them to do. Number one is to to do your research on things like tear gas and rubber bullets and how to protect yourself. Uh, number two is you have to have a contingency plan um, if you're not able to get home. Number three is you have to have emergency contacts. Not only uh, you can't really do the sharpie thing on your skin because your skin is going to sweat it off. It's summertime. Mm-hmm. So that don't work. Uh, one of the tricks I would tell you is if you take a like an index card and you fold it a bunch of times, tuck it in your sock mm. um, and, and put it on top of your foot, not on the bottom because it'll sweat out. But if you put it on top of your foot, then if you go to, you know, you get locked up, you got to make a phone call, you can just pull it out and then you got the phone number. Um, another thing is that establish time differences. So it tell somebody, if you don't hear from me by this time, you know, uh, give me two more hours to communicate with you. That's the cutoff point where you need to start racing to see if I'm getting arrested. Um, mm-hmm. And the third, you know, and you know, don't go by yourself. You know, go with the people, and you can protest. You know, we're not seeing some examples are not that great, but you know, I was able to protest uh, the couple times I went and socially distance. Um, mm-hmm. You got to have your mask. You got to have your hand sanitizer. 
you know, and, and, and if you can't protest, there are so many things you can do besides walking. And if you are in the side of a protest, you can be one of the people handing out waters and drinks and things like that. You know, you could, you could be on the sides, you know, there's a lot of different things you could do, but it's really important that you take your time and, and make sure that you're creating a plan for, for, you know, yourself to make it out of their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know a lot of people are just doing it and they're not thinking. And I think that that's what's causing some of these issues. Not their fault that they're being attacked at all, but you know you gotta have a you, you gotta you know you gotta think you're going to war. You gotta have a yep. strategy. You know what I mean? Yep. Right on. All right. Well, so let's let's transition over to uh, prime time pro wrestling really quick, or just uh, just Chocolate City in, in its entirety. <laughs> I love Chocolate City. Well, hey, you're the champion of it. Between, I, 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 I am the champion. That is a great name for a champion, though, to be quite honest. <laughs> yeah. It's just I, dope. I think we would be remiss if we didn't start with the miracle that was Butch versus Gore happening right before everything fell off a cliff. <laughs> you guys yeah. lost out so damn much. That I'm was that was that in right under the wire. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I, I go ahead, go ahead. I'm no, sorry. No, no, so yeah, as half of the promotion of that between you and Lolo, that was such mm-hmm. just a refreshing keyword fun show that I think just I didn't hear anyone walking out of there that night that didn't have a ball. That wasn't just That's thoroughly entertained from from beginning to end, and with such a unique crowd at the primetime pro wrestling shows, I think that really speaks a lot. There was just a lot of new faces, a lot of new wrestlers that people haven't seen, and to me, it was a complete home run. So, thoughts on your your pro- promotional debut in the district? Um. So, thank you. Um, I'm glad that people had a great time. Um, Butch versus Gore was kind of born out of uh, something that started years ago, uh, where uh, it's a promotion that I no longer am associated with and would not like to be associated with anymore. Uh, that was doing the whole LGBT thing, and uh, I was behind the scenes uh, doing a lot of work, ghost booking, talent relations, putting things together. And it was the kind of thing where I didn't really like ask for credit or like ask for to be on a record. I was just young and very stupid and was just like, um, well, this is, seems to be the right thing to do. So I'm going to do this. And then, you know, it led to me leaving that promotion and so many issues in, in, ensued after that. And there was this kind of like, um, this like hole in my heart because I like, I, I really believe in like LGBT representation and like, hearing stories about how people are not getting opportunities because they're gay or they're bi or they're trans or whatever the case may be and just wanting to see something bigger and knowing that like there's so much talent and then um you know i i got with prime time and they were like we want you on board for this and they wanted me to have the book and i was like holy shit (laughs) Um, I i was like i've been having the book for years just nobody knew but like my main man is Dusty Rhodes. I've been ready for this my whole life. Um, <laughs> so it was it was awesome. I, you know, and the DC process is a little difficult because of the, the licensure. It's real, 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 real uh, 
stringent. Like you got to really be on top of it to get a license. So it was making those calls. And then it was like having all the names and it was like sticky notes on the wall. Like this combination. No, this combination. No, no, this. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to watch some ECW. I'm going to smoke some weed and I'm going to come up with a card. Um, And that's what I did. I wish it was more like inspirational, but I, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. Um, So yeah, I just sat down and I really like watched a lot of the kind of wrestling that I like and the kind of wrestling that I don't see, you know, and this is like not a shot to like the top independent promotions, but like, it's really annoying watching two 140 pound guys try to be Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask. You know what I mean? Um, Like it's tiring. It's so tiring. Um, And it's like, you can't recreate that wheel. Like, and when it was recreated, it was Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc 97. You can't top that. And then it's Will Ospreay and Ricochet. Can't top that. And then it was like, I've been seeing, you know, really bad imitations of that kind of thing. And it was really mm-hmm. annoying. And then I'm like, you know, I think one of the things that's getting lost because of the generation that came before me, which was like, it's real, strong style, you know, except for the fact that like it's fake and we're supposed to make it look real, but uh, you know, whatever. Um, uh, you know, just like, just like just the style that I'm just not a fan of. And I wanted to have a show that was a territory inspired show that was like gay Mid-South meets PPW, uh, and like really, really, really like, uh, this is like a real throwback, like XPW meets, um, uh, like Jersey All Pro, but like the good year, like 2003. Um, <laughs> uh, like, very specific here. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, I just watched so much stuff because I'm just yeah. like, I, this is a huge responsibility. And I don't want this to be like some really bad show. Like, I want this to be like a show where it's like, you didn't expect what you were, you got, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of the matches, people were telling me, why would you put those two against each other? I'm like, just wait. Mm-hmm. Just wait. Like one of the questions was like Killian McMurphy versus Angela Slane. I'm like, there's one spot that is gonna happen in that match. It's gonna change the game. When he clotheslined a woman that just had neck surgery and that place was pissed. I was like, <laughs> that was like, you know, like uh-huh. it, it hits me in here. That's the kind of stuff I live for. So um yeah, I feel like I'm going in circles, but like, yeah, uh, it was really cool to book that show. Um, everybody there uh, was so excited and pumped up and ready for this. We promoted it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, the community was like, you know, DC has such a huge gay pop and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the the community was really excited for it. And, you know, the, the show before that, I cut this promo where I basically was just like, yeah, like it sucked. To, it's been sucking to be gay in wrestling for years and years and years. And uh, we're going to cry about it right now. And then when you come to Bush versus Gore, I don't want to see you fucking cry because it's a celebration. And we deserve to celebrate the excellence that we have achieved in spite of the challenges that we faced. Um, so it's kind of what I did with that. Um, you know, shout out to Gator and Lolo for giving me the book. Uh, that crowd was like so into it. And, you know, I wanted to create a crowd, a a show environment where it was catered around like the audience, like it is okay to do a gay based product and, uh, uh, and to do it where it's not making a caricature 
of the performers, which is something that's been a huge problem um, with some performers that used to be prominent, uh, was making a caricature of, of being gay and everything like that. And I think that that crowd had a respect for the fact that it was a very diverse show. And we're not even talking about skin color. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just talking about skill set, comedy yeah. wrestlers, hardcore wrestlers, mm-hmm. you know, character base. You had technicians, you had high flyers, you had divas, which I was told needed to be represented and I made sure that they got them. Um, intergender, uh, sexual, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> We, we, had, we had everything and, you know, it was it was Butch versus Gore and we let people wanting Butch versus more. So, oh, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Also, just a small correction. You're saying you're not that type of guy. Look, you, you just said it yourself. The opportunities for people to be in this area and showed their talent. A talent in, 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 a, in, a, in a platform that they may not have never had. And everybody was given a chance there. And that takes a lot of credit on you guys to be able to put that together. And, you know, us as fans, we thank you guys for doing that. Because, like you said, it's, it's important. And it was never, ever going to happen unless somebody stepped up to do it. And, you know, you are that person to do that. And, that, and you know, my easy next question really quick. I was going to talk about O'Shea, but I'll come back to him. But my, niece, oh, my, my easy, I know, right? My, my easy next question is your whole life say 25 years old, has truly been dedicated to others. Mm-hmm. Everything you've said has been about someone else. If it's family, friends, the community, activism, whatever it is, when what do you do for self-therapy for yourself? Because I've never heard you say I anything. Everything has always been for them or for us or, you know, for, for, for you know, the greater good of things. But what about you? Oh, man. I feel like I'm in therapy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I've just always been that kind of guy. I've always been, you know, I don't, I'm like the mother who makes the Sunday dinner and like watches everybody eat. And then when they're done, I like eat and clean. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, I think that for me, it was just like in the community that I saw just so much shit going on and no one knowing what to do and me just going, well, let's try this. Let's try that. Uh, and, um, you know, I've always been a, a helping, a helping hand. And, uh, and I, I just, I, I guess that just comes naturally. I don't, I don't like make it a big thing about it, but, um, uh, for me, quarantine has kind of been like the opportunity for myself to, um, really do some stuff for me. You know, I moved into a house. I am doing the weird homeowner things like painting and, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, my roommate has dogs. I become a, a kind of sort of dog owner. Uh, and like, uh, I have, uh, you know, started reading some books. Uh, you know, I do yoga, which nice. is, which is the fuck. It's fucking weird. Um, <laughs> Oh, it is. It is. Uh, you th- people think it's easy. It's it, it, I didn't know my, I don't know my body can move that way, and I didn't know it could hurt so bad. Um, <laughs> this uh, is from a pro wrestler, than, folks. Worse than taking bumps. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd rather do a death match than do yoga. I'll tell you that right now. Um, yeah. Uh, and and you know, it, and also like you know, like I am in therapy. I am like you know, I I, I you know, as much as the the, the the activism, which I don't view it as such but um i you know 
I like take time to like watch TV. Like I discovered from my roommate, like 90 Day Fiance. And that oh, is some boy. crazy shit. That is some crazy shit. Those are some people that are like from the, the psych ward from like the dark night that got a TV show. <laughs> It's, 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 it's like, it's like, you know, I, I'm taking time to enjoy life. Uh, since I started wrestling, it's been go, 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 go. I haven't really done anything. And wrestling has been a lot harder for me than it has been for some of my peers. And there's been a lot of personal things I've gone through some really like tough things I had to get over. So for the first time, I'm really like enjoying life as sad as that sounds, but it is what it is. Um, so I'm really like enjoying this quarantine, like, kind of came at the right time for me personally not that human life should be you know like celebrated in its loss but like it you know I, i've been really taking uh full advantage of of that and i'm 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 living it up as much as i can glad to hear and just folks you know this is you're, you're hearing this from somebody that was homeless and how selfishness is and this is just a true testimony of, of how blessings work as you say now living up in this house painting and just relaxing kicking back that's that's how it comes full circle I, I, I got to say really quick, too. Now, again, you've been very vocal about this, and I want to know what, what you feel is the current state of this. So representation and visibility in pro wrestling, it truly has come a long way, but the job clearly isn't done. What do you feel are the next necessary steps for awareness and inclusion? Can you hear me? Oh, sound and go out again. Can you hear me? Uh, the, the, the sound went out, so I got to oh. enter and exit. But okay. I feel you. Okay. I feel you. <laughs> Why are we having these technical difficulties tonight? <laughs> All right. Okay. Back. He's back. Sorry, right. I got a real old phone that's cracked up. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I heard you halfway through. You were talking about representation and visibility, and then it cut off. Yeah, so like I said, representation and visibility in pro wrestling has, has come a long way, but the job isn't done. Uh, what do you feel are the next necessary steps uh, for awareness and inclusion? Um, okay, so for me, I have a different approach than um, some of my peers. Uh, I'm not interested in working for somebody who doesn't want to have me. Uh, I'm not interested in working for somebody who feels put upon to have me. I think that the time for us begging to be in places that don't give a shit, you know, I think that that has to stop. I think that we really need to put a focus on the places that do care and really pumping up and really putting our time, our energy, our resources, our tweets, our retweets, our likes, shares into the places that are really doing the work and we're doing the work before it got you cool points and woke points. Um, and for me, it's like, you know, one of my goals is to have a singles match at WrestleMania. I am pretty sure that, that that door is closed. It's cool, whatever. Um, you know, uh, I know a lot of people want to wrestle for like GCW and all that kind of thing. You know, it's cool that, you know, it took, you know, public protests for them to finally like have more than one black person on their shows. That's awesome. Um, you know, I'm not, I will never beg to be on somebody's show. I will never plead. You know, I let the talent see for itself. You know, I think that for me, I'd rather really work at creating the foundation that is Fight Club Pro Wrestling, Primetime Pro Wrestling. You know, I would love to work at Flying V. I know that that's just a matter of emails. Um, you know, uh, uncanny uh, attraction, pro wrestling magic that has me. There's some other places that I was supposed to debut at that I don't know with Corona and everything, and that's going to happen. You know, and I know that my ascent is, a diff is, is on a different level. But for me, I'm interested in places that want me for me not because I feel a quota and not because they want people to shut up. So for me, I think that 
creating a, a space and protecting it. You know, we look at history when, you know, our people created neighborhoods and, and they prospered. We have to keep that same energy within wrestling. And, you know, I'm not gonna applaud a fish for swimming. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to thank a person for not being racist. And I, mm-hmm. I really don't like that people do that. And I don't like that people applaud people for doing what I consider to be the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the, you know, and a lot of it has been me behind the scenes going, asking just like, why why don't you think this is, person is good? Or that person, like why are they not on these shows? And the question is, we just don't see any black talent that works for our fan base. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, with IWTV, YouTube, social media, there are very little excuses for not finding the best black talent in the, the nation. And I'm not saying I'm one of the best black talents. I'm just saying Darius Carter should be on Wednesday nights and not the guy who's doing a terrible impersonation of him. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like, like my bro is so naturally a dick yes. in healing. And he doesn't have to continuously wink at the camera to let you know that he's the bad guy. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm proud of like Sonny and Nyla and all of that. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know Jake that well. And I don't have positive or negative things to say about Jake. You know, Jake's just Jake. But, um, you know, I'm cool for them getting those opportunities. But at the same time, it's just like there are talent that are on the radar that are just being passed over. You know, it's like, okay, you know, they booked a bunch of black people, but then they booked a bunch of black people in two minutes squash matches where they got like three strikes in. I'm not mm-hmm. applauding that. Mm-hmm. I'm not applauding that. I'm not applauding, you know, all of a sudden Apollo Cruz becomes the United States champion when he came in and the, the literal, the word on the street was that this guy was going to get the hand of God push to mm-hmm. win the strap. <laughs> I'm like, 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 like what? You're giving him reparations five years after wasting his time? I'm not applauding <laughs> you for <laughs> no, you know, and it's and, and and don't get me wrong, like strikes have been made, like all of the top female champions are Asian. I think that's freaking awesome, and I think that's that deserves congratulations, you know. But at the same time, you know, I'm not gonna necessarily applaud that because part of wrestling lore is that Asians from Japan are are seen as superior. So that kind of goes along with the tide, and against the tide are a lot of other people that are not getting opportunities. Um, so for me, instead of begging and pleading for the change, because I know too much, I know that that can't happen because if anybody with the brain saw that a show was on Fox <laughs> and the first show that they had on Fox, a black man lost the world championship in eight seconds on Fox, mm-hmm. <laughs> you already know what's going to happen. Mm. But I don't mm. know. I'm just an independent wrestler from, you know, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's just, it's just, it's just, I personally, I personally feel that we really got to support our own. We're all in this together and all that good stuff. And I think that um, if we create that community and we really put it behind it, we can go to real places. You know, I, I said on a tweet not too long ago. I think BET could have a two-hour wrestling show. I no love doubt. To book it. But um, 
you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of black talent that could put on a, a competitive show with the WWE and AEW and MLW and NWA and all the other places that like have like two percent of their houses black. Yeah. You know, we got it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. You back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, it's literally it's, it's 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 on me. It's not y'all. It's my. I'm no. very away from my Wi-Fi router right now. I know we're we're enjoying the time. This is this has been fun. I I I definitely want to ask. Oh, Damon, were you about to say something? No, go ahead. Oh well, I was going to say before you left out. Uh, what would the pitch to BET be if you were the one in charge of it? All right. So I've thought about this a lot. Oh okay. <laughs> Um, you know the video game uh, Def Jam uh, Vendetta or Def Jam Fight for New York? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. It's like it's like Lucha Ground, Lucha Underground bit off of that a little bit, but for me, it would be more so if you took Power, Lucha Underground, and Wrestling Society X mm-hmm. and mixed a blender, mm. and I think that that could create a really good um, product. Because I think that if we just copied what like the WWE and AEW are doing, which to non-wrestling fans is identical, they don't mm-hmm. they don't see a difference. Period. Point blank. Um, but if you if you make different elements, and I think one of the cool things that we could do with wrestling is we could really create more backstories for characters and and, and really represent communities that have never really gotten a, a, a deep dive on who they are. Um, and, and you do that, and you um you know you uh. You provide these characters and you make them real. You don't make them over the top and you give them motivations. Like it's like uh, it's also like the video game Tekken where like every character has like a video at the beginning and a video mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're all fighting for something. I think that it, 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 it can be more than just like what we see. I think that wrestling uh, in 2020 can be a lot more imaginative. than Oh, yeah. With oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so while you're booking here now, in the beginning of the show, I talked about the promise I made, and recently you made the fans a promise, and that is Paris is bumping is still going to happen. I need to tap into <laughs> the brain about the process of that. What can we expect? And I know right now the world is on punishment and all, but where 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 could you kind of see how this is playing out as far as uh, getting things back on back on track? All right, so um. I smoked weed and watched ECW. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I watched Paris is Burning. I watched a documentary called Kiki. I watched, um, uh, there's another documentary I watched, oh, called The uh, the Check It, about a, the uh, the first gay gang in the Washington, D.C. area. And they, like, changed their lives and, like, have a fashion line. It's really cool. Um, and for me, there were gay promotions that were not booking a lot of black gay talent. And it was pissing me off. And I remember working on the posters for one of the shows that I was a part of and there were only white talent. And I was just like, holy caucasity. <laughs> and the promoter the promoter was like, is, that, is there a problem? And I'm like, uh, yeah, you have a lot of pepper on your roster and all I'm saying is fucking sea salt. Um, and, and that's not fair, you know, on the advertisement. You feel me? So it was just like, look, I don't think that there's other promotions that have started and stopped. I'm not going to name names because I don't have the energy for the messiness with that. But there were promotions that were like, oh, we decided what uh, inclusion and diversity is and we're going to rise to the occasion and do that. And then 
I was like, well, where's the black queer talent? Not even myself. Mm-hmm. Like Ashton Starr, if, if, if Bret Hart was gay, had dreads and was black, where it is debatable if Bret Hart is black now, just want to point that out there. Uh, <laughs> you know, it would be Ashton Starr. Ashton Starr is like the best technical wrestler out of the whole gay community. And like AC Mack, like is like so like good at like just getting real legitimate earned heat. And, no and, and it's like Katie Pierre is like an up and comer that has a lot of atten- a, a lot of potential. And you got, you know, um Saint Sinclair, which he can be a really good manager or he can be a really good like um exciting like second match. Like um um and then you got like Razor Clark and you got like uh, uh, Karen Bam Bam that's training out at CCW, like, why are, why are they not represented? And why is Joey Ryan the most successful gay wrestler in the country? Mm-hmm. Like, it don't make sense. And he's not even gay. But he's always on prize shows. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I have problems with that. Um, and I made that known to the people that I knew that were on some of these shows. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not, that's not what it is. And for me, for me, I was just like, I'm going to do something. I don't have the money to do it, but I'm going to do this experiment. I'm going to do a no ring death match show and a ball at the same time. And uh, all hell will break loose, but it will be sauce. Um, and I, and I, I just, I just started putting matches together that I think no one would notice. And it's a really inclusive event. It's not just black talent, but it's, it's all talent and it's LGBT talent. And, and it's really good allies. Like Faye Jackson was going to judge the ball. Um, and it's just like um, uh, uh, Felicia Rose, who is a, I believe she is pansexual or bisexual. I'm not sure. Uh, who, she's an up and coming manager. Mm-hmm. Who is the reason you see all these workers having OnlyFans in the middle of a motherfucking pandemic? Because, <laughs> because if it wasn't, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for her saying, yes, I am the face fuck me thin girl mm-hmm. and I do do sex work and I am still an asset to the business, a lot of these girls wouldn't have done all of these uh, uh, OnlyFans. And that's just the truth. And I, and I always felt that she was not a part of the LGBT, you know, uh, conversation. Uh, and I wanted to have her in and, and um, you know, and I wanted to book a show that was like Smoky Mountain on acid. Like, uh, <laughs> what a description. You know, and, and like, there's like, man, like on, on the, when the show happens, it's like I use things like managers and valets and people cut promos and people do things that have nothing to do with them throwing a punch or a kick because Sometimes for some people, the money is in them. You got to wait to see them do the punch or the kick. You don't always got to do matches on the show. A lot of independent wrestling promoters only want to book you to do a match, which is a really bad strategy because if they really want to make more money, they would have, for some talent, their first match be a big money draw. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. Um, and and uh, there was a lot of things I really wanted to do with that. And, um, you know, working with Casanova Valentine was like, something I, I I respect him. He's innovative, the no ring death match. He's a great ally. He's always been good peoples to me and good peoples to the queer community. Uh, he always has queer people on shows. Every single one. He's always had a queer person. And I respect that. Um, and he's always been a uh, hundred with me. And I, and I, you know, and he, I worked one of his shows in uh, February, which was a benefit for the trans women of color collective out of New York city. Um, and it's just so dope. Uh, 
what what he does and I wanted to respect his vision, include him while doing what he's doing with my own twist. And there were gonna be cash prizes and beer tickets provided by Dennis's Brewery that was hosting the show and live performances and drag kings and uh, strip teases and a lot of twerking contests. Um, it was gonna be it, it was gonna be a different kind of show because in this show, the fans can have their moment of being the star without them taking a bump. Because I don't believe in like putting a fan in the ring and like saying just stand here and like kind of sort of fall. No, like I'm not gonna get somebody hurt. But in a way that they can practice and things like that. You know, I announced the show in December. That means that like if it were to happen in June 18th, which is not, but like if it were to happen then, that would have been six months to prepare the perfect outfit. The perfect dance routine, right. the perfect lip sync, and they could have had their moment to shine and get like a cute little prize. So for me, it was a really new way of looking at a wrestling show. Besides, like the interaction doesn't have to be at the merch table. We can make that a whole new type of thing. Yeah. Um, so that was the that was the what we're going for when we get to it. Mm. Billy Dixon, the promoter, has ideas, and I'm all for that because we, we need different types of shows. Yeah. Anyone can go and just see wrestling. It's all about putting a different spin on it and heck, just different ideas. I'm all for it completely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I would really like to see different stuff. Um, and there's a lot of there's so much that we have not even touched the surface with. Yeah. Um, like uh, one of the one of the one of the things I would really like to see, like I know that there's the cosplay promotion that runs mm-hmm. uh, in yeah. the area sometimes. Yeah, and like future, future styles one, of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like there is one thing I really want to do before I retire, and it's and yes, I was intoxicated when I thought of it, but <laughs> I really want to do a Pootie Tang tribute wrestling oh, show. Oh, no. You have my attention. <laughs> Interested. <laughs> Pootie Tang is like the greatest movie ever. Sadate. Um, Sadate. And I, oh, I love Pootie Tang so much. And it's so stupid that it would be the perfect wrestling show. <laughs> and it would be a way for wrestlers to have like a different kind of night where you're not doing the same old shit. You yeah. know, like and and i I I talked to Faye Jackson about it. And she's like, oh, I'm definitely in. I'm definitely <laughs> in. Uh, and I think that we could do so much. You know, we, we don't got to just do this series. I'm going to fight you. We're going to mm-hmm. do the same thing. Like, we can really have fun with it. I think a lot of the fun has been missing in wrestling. Yes. Um, and I think that it's important to bring it back because, like, there's, like, the Gray Sweatpants Battle Royal, for example. Like, yes to that. Like, yeah. yes. Like, that is, that is, that is good shit. That is, that is for a crowd of people that watch wrestling for a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Effie's Big Gay Brunch having like a live customs match. Like I applaud my brother for acknowledging a part of the fan base that has always been there. Yeah. <laughs> WWE yeah. champions have done customs, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. it is what it is. And like women's champions of today have done customs and made a lot of money off of it and want to pretend like they didn't. Like, no, mm-hmm. like let's service every part of the community and the things that they like. We it, it's a big pie. It doesn't have to just be us like kicking the shit out of each other. That's boring. Yeah. yeah. Everything don't need to be serious. And I think the more outside the box you go with these ideas, the more people it attracts that aren't primarily wrestling fans and they have a much more open mind mm-hmm. to what wrestling can be. And mm-hmm. 
bring in people like that, you're still selling tickets. Their money's just as good as anybody else's. So oh, yeah. if, if the hardcore wrestling fans aren't into it, it don't matter. Hey, you got these 50 people over here that are. So hey, <laughs> yeah. as long as they showing and up. Maybe they, maybe they could take a break so they can save $15 and buy some deodorant. Feel me? So like. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Look, I got one final question, and they'll wrap up the show for the night. And this is just, it's its very simple. I'm i am going to say three names, and you just tell me what it means to you. Chris Kane, Jared, and Grandma Dixon. Uh, Jared, Jared Evans? Yeah. All right, Chris Canyon. Uh, I wish I could have given him a hug. I told him it was going to be okay. Um, and I wish he would have known other people in the business. Uh, cause he was the man. He was like really fucking talented. Oh yeah. Um, and he's very influential. I, I, that's, that's a tough spot for me. Yeah. There's a reason why I named the battle Royal after him. Yeah. Um, Jared Evans is my best friend. Uh, I was going through some, some really tough times and like, he was, I was like, look, I need to stay for a little bit before I get my house. And he was just like, you can stay with me. And like, we like have traveled on the road. And like, when we first met, we hated each other. <laughs> That's usually how you know you're gonna have your best friend for life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could stand that little five foot seven, uh, <laughs> but like we get to know each other. And my, um, I when I was watching Bush versus Gore, there's one thing that I, I don't think I've ever talked about. When I watched him get that pop on mm. the uh, Meteora from the Taker gimmick, I was I started crying. Because he has never gotten his whole career. He's been wrestling. He doesn't like let people know. He's been wrestling almost a decade. Um, and he's never gotten an opportunity. And he has been absolute shit for those 10 years. And have and have people have been really awful to him and uh have conspired against his success. And for me, as a friend, he's done a lot for me. Um, and that was like the biggest gift I could give him was just do your thing, bro. Go out there and and shine. And he did, because Gator was like, "Shit, if he was that good, I would have put him over, um, <laughs> and he would have won the match." But um, uh, yeah, I can't say anything more positive about Jerry. I, I love him to death. He's 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 family for life. And my grandmother is uh to me, uh, my inspiration of what perfection is. Uh, a strong woman who raised seven kids, 20 grandchildren in a three bedroom project apartment uh, that she lived in until she died. And uh, who uh, I remember knew I was gonna be a wrestler. Uh, I remember creating shows on, it was SmackDown versus Raw 2006. The main event was Kane versus Chris Jericho versus like Shelton Benjamin in a hell in a cell. And I played the game from her. She was like, that was so cool. She didn't know what the hell was going on. But um, <laughs> she just, you know, she always uh, supported my dreams. And she is such an example of just like fight for what you believe in. This is a woman that like helped bring gang violence down, who helped uh, people get on their feet. You know, there was this, there was these people who were gang bangers 
uh, in the neighborhood who would do errands for my grandmother because she had that much respect for them. And she did a lot for them. Who was in the church, had me in the church at a young age doing pantry and, um, you know, giving clothes away and things like that uh, for people that were homeless, which is where my homeless advocacy really comes from, uh, is from that younger age. Um, and to me, I just think that I tried to live life as what would she do? What would she want me to do? And, you know, unfortunately, she never got to see me wrestle but or do anything in life uh, outside of, you know, some stuff as a kid. But I think that for me, like, I'm very grateful that I have such a positive role model and example when I'm lost and when I don't know what the right thing to do is. I think of her and that really helps me through. So that's my word association. Awesome. Just perfect. And I think that's a great spot to probably wrap it up on for the night. And Billy, whether it's primetime, whether it's Fight Club, whether it's New York City, the Bronx, Virginia, wherever, where can people find you at to keep track of what's going on with Billy Dixon? Uh Uh-oh, we lose him again. (laughs) Right as we're trying to go home. (laughs) Well, just in case, just in case he's not able to say it, because all social media platforms at the Billy Dixon, you definitely want to give him a follow. Here he comes. And we'll let him say that himself right here. And again, where can everybody follow you at and find you at on social media? All right. So um, I have Twitter and Instagram, same thing, at the Billy Dixon. Um, I have a What a Maneuver merchandise store that will be coming out within the next week or so. Awesome. Um, and if you have a couple of dollars, uh, please consider making a donation to the Trans Women of Color Collective out of New York City. That is at T. W O C N Y C uh, on Twitter and the website at the link will provide you information on how to donate. Um, and that's all the places. And if you want to like give me random money, you know, feeling <laughs> froggy, cash uh, you know, I got a cash app and a Venmo at the Billy Dixon. So, you know, give me a little go a couple dollars or whatever. So I can, you know, enjoy some pizza you know, or some lovely devil's lettuce. I enjoy that a lot. Uh, and, and if you want to book me for your professional wrestling event or whatever engagement you would like, I can't do weddings. I'm not an ordained minister, but my email is bookbillydixon at gmail.com. Right. There you go. Well, it's been a very, very fun show. Um, you know, Thank you so much for, you know, sharing your, your your story, your testimony and all the hard work that you've done um, for everything around you, for others and just this, the entirety of selflessness that you just display. Um, you know, um, I've always said every time I say give you a hug, I love you. We love you here at the Big Go Belt. You always have a seat here. Always let us know if there's anything you can do, man. As always, stay safe out there uh during the protests and you know we'll get through the pandemic and i cannot wait to see you back in washington dc doing what you do best Hell yeah. until then folks everybody that's listening to the interview tonight thank you so much for tuning in you got where social media will give you found give a follow uh help a little with donation at the day still independent wrestling as you know the pandemic has affected people in their bookings and so on so any little thing helps like i said uh but until the next show everybody i hope everybody the best of the best of wishes, stay safe, much love, and we'll catch you next time.